episode of the internet's most hated mafia themed geek podcast long coat mafia podcast it is i the one the only reverend godfather aka the martinsburg madman aka this show's frontman and main host i know what y'all are saying you're saying rev let's get on with it we're sick and tired of all the anniversary episodes you kind of Skip the week with the main episode. We know you're sorry, but we're 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 your goombas out here. We want a main episode. Get on with it already. Give us something with meat on it. You know what? You're right. And with Sasha's new schedule, me and her recorded a podcast of darkness last night for all of you. Stay tuned to our YouTube channel to see the clips and potentially see the raw full episode on our youtube channel links are in the description down below but this is the audio version of that episode cleaned up a little bit of edited and a little bit of treats mixed into it for your listening pleasure something you're not going to get with the videos so that being said we get to talk about weird stories or oddness that happens in bars we talk about the original foursome of horror movie creatures in regards to uh, that. We're talking Dracula, Werewolf, Frankenstein, and the Mummy. Not the creature from the Black Lagoon. Because, you know what? Fuck him. He could go for a walk. We don't want to talk about him. We want to talk about the original OG4. But, and we talk about general horror movie creatures and so forth and so on. We also talk about being sponsored that's right we here at the long coat mafia podcast are sponsored kind of sort of that's right w energy drinks sponsored us in a way meaning when you go to w.gg and place an order and use the code lcm podcast to save 10 percent on your order and when that happens we get a slight cut of that that money so in a way you're helping us at the show by doing that i know times are tough and i know again our gofundme is dying a slow painful death so if ordering from dubby is a little bit expensive for you and you just want to toss five bucks our way you can do so by heading to our gofundme links are in the description down below and send us five dollars if that is still too expensive. You need that money for food, uh, meds, or what to gas for to get to work and back. I understand. I get you. I'm not going to force you to do that. But I am going to ask you because if your funds are tight and you need that money for food, rent, bills, gas, uh, medical supplies, use it for that, please, for the love of. All things by the fates. Use it. Take care of yourself first. Take care of your needs first. Because listening to this podcast helps us. Listen, um, watching our videos on YouTube helps us. Subscribing to us either on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
whatever pod, audio podcasting platform that's out there helps us. Subscribing to us on YouTube helps us. Uh, interacting with us on uh, the podcasting platforms on YouTube, on you know Spotify, Facebook, Twitter helps us. All that is free. Doing that helps us as well. Helps us grow. Helps us get the word out. So if you do that, and if in, you're listening now, thank you so much. It is help. Thank you for joining us. And not only do we talk about the sponsor, which we just said right here, we talk about in the movie monsters. We talk about our origin stories as well, or at least our origin story in regards to the Long Coat Mafia podcast and the trouble we get into and the trouble we encounter in regards to that. And because of that, I got thinking, hey, we got a podcast 101 uh, panel that we did for Four State many years ago. So next week, stay tuned for that anniversary as an anniversary episode. I think it's a wonderful thing that we could put out there for you guys to understand what we go through, what the process is, how to start your own stuff as well. But enough of me blathering on in regards to this. Let's get into the main episode right now. Hey, George, cue the music. We'll be right back with more of the Long Coat Mafia podcast. Shock and terror with Sasha, the Princess of Darkness. And Chris, the Martinsburg Madman, in Sasha After Dark, the podcast of darkness, reboot. You know the Sasha. Show. Sasha, I'm bored. What do you have for me today? Ah, well, today I bring you tales of my misadventures in Carlisle, and shit gets strange. So, anyways. This past Get weekend, because <laughs> um, obviously up in Carlisle, you have Dickinson College. <laughs> you have Dickinson College up that way. And so I've been spending weekends helping my boyfriend Al get the apartment cleaned up. Um, we went to this like pizza place like a couple weekends prior. And he had said, well, maybe we should go back there. I wasn't too keen on it. And so he's like, well, we'll go over to the North Hanover Grill, which to me is kind of like, cool. They have Chivas and Shaved Ice when, and initially we had thought about going to the G-Man, but since it was graduation weekend, like all of the cool places are packed. Um, so yeah, we will roll up on North Hanover Grill and it seemed pretty chill. We order crab cakes and in walks this trio of golfers. Um, there was a young, tall guy with reddish hair, very loud, very obnoxious. There was kind of like this middle age yes man. And then there was this older guy who was just fucking weird. So they all proceeded. Define to... weird. I'm going to get there. That's, that's part of the story. <laughs> Wait, well, that's, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> weird for you and I is different than everybody else. <laughs> right. Well, this is part of the story. This is where the weird comes in. So they all order hot wings. The older gentleman immediately requests a pair of food service nitrile rubber gloves. You know, the little blue jobs you pull when yeah. you work in the kitchen. Um, 
which just seems odd, you know. And of course, he gets into this prolonged statement of, well, I need them to eat my hot wings. And I'm just like, so it's already weird. All right. Yeah, well, you, you won't uh, need that level of protection unless you're going to a place that deals in like ultra, ultra, like 50, whatever the highest level hot sauce there is. Yeah, An atypical bar is not going to have that level of hot yeah, sauce I, I, ever. I don't think they have anything on the Scoville scale at all. Um, B anyway, maybe, maybe B Dubs. Yeah, maybe. But still, it's just odd. I'm watching. And the dude looks like a very aged Hannibal Lecter dissecting his meal. Now, most people, they just put the wing in their mouth and, no, he's pulling the meat off the bones with his rubber gloves. I mean, it looks like he's performing an autopsy on chicken wings. That'd be the case. Just order boneless. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And I'm just sitting here like, they have boneless on the menu to make matters worse. And... (laughs) The big tall guy just starts making the most obscene, obnoxious jokes that you can imagine. And I'm just sitting there like, well, here's this one guy that's kind of like bridging the gap in the ages. And they're clearly friends. But I'm trying to understand why the other two hang out with the loud, tall, 20-something obnoxious redheaded gentleman. And the whole time where he's dropping rude, obscene, racist, sexist jokes, he keeps staring at me, you know, the the one and only trans girl in the entire fucking bar. And I'm just like, I'm waiting. You know what I mean? I'm anticipating. It's like, motherfucker, please say something. Because I know it's rattling around in your head. Please, please. The whole night he does it. He just proceeds to stare at me. And I'm just like, so the whole time that this is going on, I get this unusual text. Again, like I said, weird experience. And somebody I've never met, but knows me from OnlyFans, um, messages me, hey, are you at North Hanover Grill? And I'm looking at my phone like, <laughs> And like, it's clearly not big tall dude, because unless he can stealth text, you know, I'm yeah. like, who... Who the hell is this? And I'm just dying of laughter because Al is just cracking up beside me watching the dude devour hot wings. And this this cop idles over beside of us. Off, off duty, mind you, not in uniform. Like you can tell the waitress and the cook staff and everybody else is just tired of it. And the 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 cop must pick up on the vibe I'm dropping. Like I, I I am waiting for this guy to say something rude and obscene because I'm about to go off. And the cop literally looks at me. Whatever happens, I have your back. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know. What I mean? <laughs> so the whole night I'm just sitting here uncomfortable while weird dude who's perverted as hell, eat you know with his friends who's dissecting chicken wings with rubber gloves. And I'm just like. Did I step into the Twilight Zone? And I also have somebody from OnlyFans. I can't figure out who in this very limited space this could be. It clearly wasn't cop. Clearly wasn't middle guy. Clearly wasn't old guy because, you know, you can't dissect chicken wings and text at the same time. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) (laughs) But Al is just like, "You're, you're having a moment. And our crab cakes finally come. And oh my God, like, 
I finally figured out who the dude might be because I didn't see him, but they must have saw me. I was like, do you happen to work in the kitchen? Because I know you're not the big, red, tall asshole. And he's like, no, 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 you're right. I'm in the kitchen. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, uh, was uh, the guy who did prep kind of lacking tonight? And he's like, why is that? I'm like, uh, looks like your crab cakes are like two or three eggs short than what they need to be. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, we made them on the fly. He's like, can you believe this asshole out here? And I'm like, yeah. And the whole time, I'm just waiting for some sort. But the dude just keeps like power staring at me, like the whole time while cracking obscene jokes. I'm just like, I can't make sense of it. And it's just like, woo, it's fucking weird. So weird tales out of Carlisle. <laughs> that almost reminds me of like this past Friday night. They've been having karaoke mm-hmm. at there. The boss is thinking of sorting out because the guy doesn't read the room a lot of times. But still karaoke, but the one the other one which comes in early, it's like, yeah, it might get a little weird tonight. I'm like, hold up. As compared to now the any other night one uh most of the times it's normal. Um and again, I thank you for helping me prep for some of the clientele. Like I said, um maybe a month or two we had I had somebody come to do the axe lanes that was a member of the LGBTQ com community yeah two guys yeah yeah and and it's like uncomfortable but i'm willing to learn you know it's like i'm not going to be you know that that guy's like all right tell me what to do you know (laughs) teach me teach me but prior to that i'm like this is where i was coming from like "Eh, if we get some somebody normal and as i turned to the service like as compared to the the chick that came in with cat ears and a tail about two months ago not kidding you now i'm not talking furry suit yeah just cat ears and a tail i mean i own cat ears they're right there and she was i'm not talking a cat tail attached to a leotard or something like that no she was wearing a skirt (laughs) okay so it came up out under her skirt right i'm like uh i want to know but i don't I I know I shouldn't stare, but I'm like, I want to stare because it's, you know, it was like a really short skirt and, you know, it was like, mm, I got to concentrate on what's going on with the axe lines. Well, I mean, you you live in Martinsburg, (laughs) so it's a good possibility you might run I'm not one of my mini X's sounds like something they would wear I deal with strange I I do this with you I'm not I'm not full suited furries I can deal with that's part of our geek culture I can deal with that I don't mean the culture Geek. I don't mean the LGBTQ culture. I mean the whole geek. It, We're just I'll say weird fun. culture. We, we have our own I, thing. I, I, I'm. I'll take. I'll, I'll lump the uh, furries into the geek culture in a way. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I mean, come on. It, it's just kids down. who got overly excited down. from gadget from Rescue Rangers. <laughs> you said it, <laughs> but. And maybe a little Either too way. into uh, Sally Acorn from Sonic. Uh, I'm Gadget. Okay. No, wait. I went into Gadget, but I was a Chichara fan. Okay. <laughs> At least... 
least mine's more human sized. <laughs> Anthropomorphic though. Anthropomorphic. Anthro, well, that's Gadget, the catch. Gadget was kind of anthropomorphic, but yes. she was only maybe about that tall. <laughs> but <laughs> Ew. I just Why popped in that joke I was reading today about this woman who's confronting Goli uh, Goliath. And he's like, yo, where's David? He took the night off, so they called me in. He said something about a big guy who needed to get his rocks off. <laughs> That's all you and this, you, you're, you, you went down this rabbit hole. <laughs> Speaking of going down a rabbit hole, you do know what was probably at the other end of that tail, right? Yes. Uh, a plug in some sort. <laughs> yeah, like R2-D2. <laughs> But more on the nose. More on the nose. We are not a family-friendly here, but... No. No. I mean, we, we, we no. do premiere on OnlyFans and whatever the fuck I feel like posting on YouTube. Why do you think I post up that the full-length episode today on mine? It's like, fine. well, she hasn't posted anything in the past three weeks, two weeks. Oh, I've been busy. Three weeks, you know what? Until she does, and I put that in the description, until she posts it up, it's gone here. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> My OnlyFans are happy. I do get random messages from them in weird places. Is that you at the North Hanover Girl? I was like, I don't know who else it could be. Is it that weird random old lady? Because I have questions, but yet mildly <laughs> curious. Yeah. <laughs> uh. One of these days, I'm gonna get be in the bar, and go, somebody's gonna do that to me. It's like, do I know you from somewhere? And yeah, well, just tell I'm me. I, I do that. It's like, yeah, on yeah. an adult website. It's like where, <laughs> where? Uh, if it's my evil twenties, that motherfucker sells me twenty bucks. You know. But yeah. So, anyways, time for a dramatic pause. Anyway. Welcome to, of course, Sasha After Dark, the podcast of darkness. I am Sasha Constantine Monroe, a.k.a. Sasha, the Princess of Darkness. Yes, I'm freshly showered and look like a drowned rat. And with me, of course, is the Martinsburg Madman, Christopher Lumser, also known as Reverend Godfather of the Long Coke Mafia podcast, who actually has a sponsor now, so he's legitimate. He is a hog <laughs> really in a, a corporate machine. <laughs> Uh, he has officially know, sold out. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't received a dime yet. <laughs> and in the audio side, you will still hear that dramatic pause. <laughs> but uh, those who listen, who know, will know. But yes. uh, those who know, no, no, right? Uh, yeah, I because. The crowdfunder is on my end. The GoFundMe is dying a slow and painful death. And folks, when I've posted up in, yeah, it's Martinsburg, go figure. Oh, you're just asking for a handout. You have to work for it. Meanwhile, that's why if you saw, some of you might have saw on my show's channel, I posted up someone who was talking about, granted, she has close to 300,000 subscribers on YouTube. Talking about how on YouTube, in order to for them to remotely push your any video you put up, 
you have to be that video has to be monetized. Yep. And in order to be monetized, you have to have like a thousand subscribers and like a couple hundred, if not a couple of thousand hours worth of viewership in the year. That's why I do and, stuff on OnlyFans. Right. For someone like you and me, Ed, that's pointless. We either have to crowdfund or Patreon, sell Patreon our bodies. Or you know, whatever. And <laughs> even regular YouTubers use Patreon too. You know, everybody uses Patreon. Oh, by the way, that's asking for a hand, handout. Like, and how she was talking, the, the YouTuber was talking, it's like, yeah, now YouTube is saying that is like going to folks like her. What you are Was she that. directly addressing you? No, she was like going on telling her, you know, the viewers like how YouTuber uh, YouTube is telling folks like her that are getting monetized. Hey, if you really want more subscribe, uh, more subscribers, because if you might be stagnant, you have to <laughs> That's pay. How you get more subscribers. Uh, you have to pay them, in essence, suck their dick in regards to, you yeah, you have to, you know, pay them promotional money to get more subscribers, like no. what Facebook does. You know, hey, you, you're you not getting enough people liking your page and uh, 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 follower interaction. Why don't you promote it for 10 bucks? Oh, it only went to ten people. How about it doing giving us another ten dollars? We might and give you, another a, you 10. know, and another ten, and another and ten. I'm like, this is a great example of why folks like me have to use crowdfunder and why Patreon is a thing, and why and, I use OnlyFans. Right, and a buddy of mine's like, listen, um, this energy drink company. Uh, for th those out there, think like G Fuel. That's the closest company I could think of in regards to this and what did you, you see do. That Jason Muse now helping them. Yeah, I've seen that. And and even the way I think he, even Jason Muse has like a YouTube channel. He probably would be able to partner up with them. But unlike what G Fuel did, does, you have to have like so many subscribers. You have to have so many viewers. You have to, you know, X, Y, and Z in order for them to partner up with you and earn commission the company that i partnered up with is called dubby d-u-b-b-y uh, i almost keep saying doby like oh dobby uh, oh god that's not <laughs> but, harry potter uh, i'm not but uh dubby is a a company that's starting up that does something similar to g fuel and they're looking for folks like the little guys like you and me and i'm like okay let me put my stuff in see what they, what's the, what they're gonna say no and they said yes and because of at least me having a youtube channel and i guess i have to do a little bit more on twitch every now and again even though it's not camera oriented i guess i could just hop on twitch more a little bit um and doing the video with you and the audio stuff. And I give out the coupon, in essence, the coupon code for 10% off. So if any viewers wants to support, uh, in essence, us, because what helps me also helps Sasha as well, in a way. 
because any extra funds I get to help off offset costs for new equipment and all that. And if Sasha says, hey, we're going to this event, you want to tag along, that extra funds that I get in with either the GoFundMe or the coupon code and the commissions, I could say I could offer Sasha to say, hey, here's some gas money. Here's, you know, a portion to if there's a hotel cost or anything like that, I could at least help better pay offset costs on the show exactly show front. And the coupon code that you can use when you go to w.gg, D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G, and you fill up your cart, you could buy something cheap, use the code LCMP. Sorry. Use the code LCM podcast. That's L C M P O D C A S T to get 10% off your order. And we get credit for anything that you buy. So, and they have a wide variety of flavors uh, from what I saw on their um, website. A lot of their stuff it, like G fuel is sugar free. So if you are a type two diabetic or a regular diabetic type one, like me, I'm a type two. So sugar-free stuff is beneficial. So it, it might be the product for you. And it's roughly the same cost as G Fuel. So give them a shot. But can I add liquor to it? I'm sure you can. <laughs> what about King of Flavor, MSG? <laughs> I believe so. I Part of me wants to, if I had the funds... Donate to our GoFundMe. Link should be in the description. We will. I will buy a bottle of clear rum, some G Fuel. And some MSG. With, and some MSG. <laughs> and try it. <laughs> As a drinking challenge on this show. You mean, you mean Dubby, not G Fuel, right? Yes, Dubby. Yeah, I'm G new Fuel. at this. <laughs> You'll have to go in with the audio and edit that later. Just all of a sudden, G, Dubby. <laughs> I mean, Dubby. That would be a hell of so, a way to advertise their brand. We're trying G Fuel with subpar alcohol and MSG. We're not using Dubby. We're using G Fuel. <laughs> we wouldn't sully Dubby with such things. Such things. <laughs> It'll keep Dubby in the closet. closet. We give him a sock. <laughs> And the circle folks, is now the more, complete. The more fo folks, I will buy a dope, dope Dobby mask. I know it'll piss off Sasha because we'll, of what it represents. We'll just call I it will. Dubby for now on. <laughs> I will wear it. <laughs> and if they sell, if Dubby sells stickers, I will buy their sticker and put it on the center of the head like a star. SG, uh, Gaul Creek. We'll just carve it in like Charlie Manson. It'll be great. <laughs> the W like, no, we can't allow that, but it's funny as fuck. G but, fuck G Fuel. Fuck Is that G a Helter Skelter? Helter Skelter. Fuck, G, fuck Fuel. G Fuel. G Fuel wouldn't sponsor us, but W does. <laughs> Listen to W. Obey. Kill we will, 
I'll pull out dark sunglasses, put them on, and goes, why does it say consume? <laughs> consume. Consume. Dubby, consume. I have a TikTok video. Friday, I can't wait. <laughs> I will pull out those free sunglasses I got from like Baltimore or something that just they're just look they look like the sunglasses from They Live. I'll just go like Dobby. Consume Dobby. Consume Dobby. I mean, I just put them on. I see advertisements out there and they all just say swallow. And I'm like, I hear that enough as is. <laughs> Another rabbit hole. But again, uh, folks at Dobby, uh, we thank you for at least giving us a shot. I hope things work out. This could be a mistake on my, my part, but I have to give it a shot. It's a step in the right direction. Yeah. But <laughs> in some cases, a you know, I will pick up their fifteen dollar tumble because one of the things that they re recommend is that if at least to show that you are a sponsor and all that, and because I'm drinking stuff anyway, I'll get the dark one. I'll slap one of our stickers on the other side, and still, I'm not saying I won't be drinking fuel <laughs> in that their cup, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I get a coupon code. I'm drinking G Fuel. <laughs> uh, it's like G Fuel. You better offer me better promotional stuff than what they're offering me, or else I'm sticking with your competitor right now. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. W sounds like somebody who's just trying to get that little small part, which is okay. That's the person to be. Don't want don't want the whole pie. You just want that. You want yeah, that. You want that moxie dollar. You're not exactly oh, Pepsi or Coke, but you're moxie. Of course, the moxie. I want the RC but... dollar. I want the RCW. Um, uh, well, wait a minute. You're Pennsylvania. A treat dollar. A what? Oh, uh, it's probably more northern, northeastern Pennsylvania. A treat if they're still around. Off brand okay. soda. Mm. Um, you know what I miss? But, uh, what? I miss it from Sheets. Never heard about that. Oh, it was like a super cheap cola back around the time that T2 came out. And Sheets was really uh, pushing I, it. And it came in two liter bottles, six packs. And it was just called It. Oh, uh, we're talking about Terminator 2, right? No, no, well, like the same year that Terminator 2 came out. Oh, okay. That's Sheets, what I was talking about. Shit, Sheets when... was pushing for this drink called It. And it was really good. And the times that when Terminator 2 came out, I was moving from Pennsylvania to Florida, there was no sheets. There you go. That's why you missed it. So, um, not to mention, uh, when I moved down to Florida, Florida, in Florida, they have Circle K. I remember seeing, you know... <laughs> Something I strange seeing, to put at the Circle K. <laughs> I'm like... At that Whoa. time, I might have seen uh, the first uh, Bill and Ted, and I thought this whole aspect of Circle K was just a meetup store nope. no <laughs> here it is like walmart like walmart i thought that was just a mythical store that made up for you know uh kmart uh not just kmart no it's uh, i'm talking um uh, uh vacation you know uh the vacation national lampoon's vac oh, okay, christmas okay. vacation i'm Wally's, like I, and it was Wally's, just like wally world you yeah, know wally world. like i'm like yeah i it's just a mythical story, you know. Movies do that all the time, you know, so they don't have to 
pay extra funds. They just make their own stuff up. And here's Walmart. Here's Circle K. I'm like, my, all, my, you know, mind blown. <laughs> what else? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Is there a Santa Claus? <laughs> well, speaking of mythical things in movies, um, one of the things I do you want to talk besides about today. my live life? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I said, speaking of uh, mythical things in movies... Um, what we want to talk about today, for a little bit at least, is um, classical movie monsters. Um, and by, what I mean by classic is basically, just to be safe, let's say pre-60s. Anything pre-60s. So you're, you're like, talking about at least the big three. Vampire, I'm, uh, vampire slash Dracula, Werewolf, and Frankenstein. Right. And preferably if the film's black and white, but there are some color jobs that kind of sneak in there. Um, and so, like, some of my favorites off the top of my head, of course, I, I'm gearing up for Blob Fest, would of course be The Blob, because there's always a certain charm about watching 30-year-old teenagers try to outsmart a monster that's destroying their hometown and while they're secretly smoking between takes, but you can see the smoke rising up from behind their shoulders, it's the greatest thing Oh, you ever. mean besi besides the, the movie that's in my voodoo collection, Reform... I, I don't believe what to say. It's not a porno. <laughs> it approaches the softcore porn line and just stops. It's, the movie's called Reform School Girls. Was it from the 40s and 60s? No, 60s it's 60s? from the 80s. Oh. Everybody, it's one of those films that I think out of everybody playing it, maybe it's supposed to be everybody that's, all the women that are in it are supposed to look like they're like 16, 17 years old. Mm -hmm, but they're not. But no, half the cast, like three of the main cast that they focus on, are again supposed to be looking like they're 16, 17 years old. They look like they're 43. Well, legitly. Go in the blob, you got Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. He's well over at least 28 when that movie came out. So he's close to 30. His female co-star, though, is at least 18. And I'm just sitting there like, like, sh should I call the child line? Do we need to put him on some sort of predator list? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> but you got to figure, uh, Keanu Reeves was in his mid twenties when he was playing Bill and Ted, the first one. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. But still. But like for me, like I said, Blob Blob takes top bill. After that, um, I know it's going to make a thousand and one fanboys cry for saying this, but yes, the beloved Alien is a remake. Uh, I also enjoy It, The Terror from Beyond Space, which is the original Alien, which Dan O'Bannon admits to heavily cribbing from to create the script for Alien. And a lot of people don't know that. I, I don't think I've seen that. I got some it's stuff. It's free on YouTube. And it's yeah. a slog, but when you watch it underneath the concept that, hey, this is kind of like the basis for Alien, it starts to add up. I know there's uh, a lot of stuff that I was watching as a kid that I have no idea what the movie was or anything like that. Just that it was, I'd be watching it and folks would come in and it's like, rather remote, nope, click. I was 
getting invested in that shit. What the hell? You know, it's, I want to curse when I was like five or six, you know, and that I should say six to 10 range. Um, not really knowing what it is, but I was like getting invested in it. Yeah. Uh, I remember, you know, it seemed like an interesting storyline. I wanted to watch it. Granted, when you're six to 10, if it gets a little bit too creepy, creepy and you got a remote, you're going to change the channel. One um, of the earliest films that Willow saw that it always had an impact on them was uh, them, you know, with the giant ants. I enjoyed that. Yeah, and it was interesting because I actually on the computer still to this day, I have where I can take a standard like DVD or Blu-ray and I can convert it to Anaglyph 3D, which is the red and blue. And for them at the time, it was really, really cool. Um, And they'll bring up the fact that, hey, you know, can we watch them this weekend? Because it's been a while. Um, and there's even a remake of that getting ready to come out, which I'm I'm kind of curious how they're going to adapt nuclear powered giant ants in the modern times. One, I hope it's rated R because there's a couple of scenes that I would love to probably see in rated R, mm-hmm. because then, like you see, uh, one of the ants bring out like a rib cage, yeah. and just toss it down, and you want to see a little bit more meat to it, pun intended, as they drop it down. But you have wonderful movies like that that was kind of brilliant. Yeah, it's cheese, literally American-grade cheese. And I love that type of movies. Yeah, they're not scary now, but if you probably showed, you know, the boomer generation, (laughs) if you will, uh, even a slash movie now, like I'm talking like the – Nightmare on Elm Street right. type of ordeal. They would shit their pants. They they would literally shit their pants because they, they're not ready for that. They're not level for that type of gore or anything like that. It, because Frankenstein, uh, Werewolf, you know. The Mummy. The, <laughs> the Mummy, all that was, in Dracula, all that was kind of terrifying for them. Yeah. So... And a lot of that stuff uh, came from classic lit, like The Invisible Man. That was H.G. Wells, you know. And no, not I think Dra- it was H.G. Wells. Frankenstein was, uh, uh, yeah, I think might have been. Folks in the comment section down below, let us know. Uh, correct Grand us on Stoker's that. Dracula was kind of loved- a, a very much a drag when you read it. Cause it's, it's it's basically a journal. Um, it, it, and I wish the first would... time was it's revolutionary because it yeah, was yeah. read like a j- journal. Uh, you see it in creepypastas nowadays in that type of ordeal. And they should. I, I would love to see a modern adaptation of Dracula that's handled in the journal format. That would be interesting. But you definitely would need to modern it up. But, you know, when it comes check to out, Jack, he was nothing but check a out, off of uh, what was his name? Um, you had Carmella, which was like the best vampire slash lesbian story ever. And the fact that they were making movies about Carmella in the 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s still cracks me up because nobody gets the lesbian subtext with that movie. And nowadays it just slaps let me you say this. the face. Check out John Johnson's uh, Alucard, Darkstone's Alucard. Okay. It's pretty much uh, it's based on the book. Dracula, mm-hmm. so it's going to have that element, but it's not like the overly productive uh, 
production that was Dracula. So you're going to have a little bit more different context to it. And it's low budget. He does a decent job on it. I wish I had a copy to loan you. Uh, you might find it on either Tubi. I think he has an extended version on YouTube going way back. Speaking um, of them. I'm sure you could find it. With giant killer ant movies, there's a movie right now sitting on Tubi, which is based on the classic PC and Sega CD game. Um, it came from the desert. And it's kind of like a sequel to that game. And it deals with giant ants that raid this, uh, like, what do you call those dirt bikes that people ride around the desert? Well, I know what you're talking about, racing. but motorbikes, I think, whatever. Yeah, but they're out there racing. Mountain bikes, motorbikes, whatever. Yeah, and they decide to have a giant kegger because they're supposed to be an action movie star to come out. Yeah, I've seen that movie. I've seen that movie. I've yeah, seen that movie. It's, yeah, it was supposed to be a sequel. Um, to the game. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was supposed to be a, uh, a sequel to them. No, it was a sequel to the game. It came from the desert, um, which was a PC game and also a Sega CD game. And it was very interesting because um, the game kind of took place in the 60s or the 70s. And the main character was kind of like your, your classic greaser biker dude. But if you want to talk about large animals, strictly large animals or overgrown animals. King Kong? No, I'm not talking kaiju. King Kong is huge, he's, but he's kaiju. He's is kaiju he really kaiju level. in the original ones? Because if we're talking scale, he's kind of dwarfed in comparison to the likes of Godzilla and the rest of the kaiju. Well, if you want to look at it like this, if you want to go by the cl the classics, the black and white stuff, Mighty Joe Young was way shorter, not even thigh high to King Kong. Right. But you also have to remember that Mighty Joe Young was initially meant to be a sequel to King Kong. I didn't know that, but I did. At least I did bring up uh, a fairable uh, comparison in regards to classics. That remake was Mighty awful. Oh, no. I'm not talking about the remake. I'm talking about the original. original. Um, but I'm talking still 80s. Food, uh, large, large animals like they live. Uh, not they live. Um, them. them. Large animals. Um, what was the one with Fruit the giant mantis in it? Or was it just I called the giant mantis? Might have been giant mantis. Yeah, it was the 50s. Lacking creativity, guys. But still, visual creativity, yes. You know, calling the movie with the giant yeah, But um, No, overall, like, Clint Eastwood like, was in that movie, and a lot of people yeah, don't I realize so. that. And, um, uh, Shatner was in another one similar similar to it too. Kingdom so, of the Spiders. Who knows? But there wasn't giant but, spiders. Uh, spiders. I'm talking about the movie called Food of the Gods. And Food of the Gods. Oh too. yeah, Food of the Gods. Um, that was Burt Gordon, wasn't it? Yeah, I have it on my Voodoo. Did you have the second I, one? They, no, they don't have it. Or else I would have picked it up. I would have loved that. Because I vaguely whole... remember the exterminator in that kind of having a very Clint Eastwood type character arc, and I kind of want to watch it just for that. And who can't forget the rich? The second one wasn't really. Uh, 
alligator. I think it was uh, alligator. alligator and alligator too. Two the mutation. Uh, the, one, the sequel, the mutation wasn't really that big anyway, but still, it was an overly large alligator. Yeah, but uh, it was fun to watch that dude who was like an alligator expert made sex noises at that news reporter. I can rewind that clip and just crack up for hours because he's all like, <laughs> like. But oh, well, it's part of my is. it's part of my large animal uh, collection. If I want to do a a movie marathon, it's like, uh, what are you going to large animals? It's going to be alligator, alligator two, them, they live, uh, them. I don't know why I keep saying they live. Empire of the Ants. Empire of the Ants. I don't think I have, but Isn't I should have Taylor it. Taylor in that? Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah. It, it's one of them women with the long, dark hair. It was kind hair, of like a yeah. sex idol back in the day. Late 70s, early 80s, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But again, There's... mostly the, it's the black and white ones that I enjoy. Really? They cover up so much, the black and white stuff. Like, even but the you ones that not... are colorized are fun. Um, look at Valley of the Guanji. I might have seen that, but... This circus discovers, like, this hidden valley, kind of like out in the desert in uh, Native American lands, that's full of dinosaurs, and so they try to incorporate the dinosaurs into their circus, and of course, chaos ensues. Oh, that's like half the movies from the uh, late 50s, early 60s as well. Oh, we're going to fly down this mysterious tunnel, and all of a sudden, it's the land that time forgot, forgot, forgot. Well, they, <laughs> they kind of made fun of Valley of the Guanji in that one episode with uh, Principal Skinner saying he's going to you know, quit, he's going to make the American novel, and he's going to call it the Valley of the Clonosaurus, and like a poo kind of reams him for Valley of the Guanji in Jurassic Park. It cracks me up. But and but the classics you can't not the there was original unlike today there is very little originality it's all the jump scare it's got to be PG granted yeah now, there are in some a way PG horror that does have some balls to it uh, I'll agree with that but nothing beats I'll put it like this I hope you can agree. 80s PG, nothing compares to 80s PG when it comes to today's PG. Exactly, because Monster Squad is a PG movie, and that still rules. Because what does Wolfman right. have? Nards. Uh, but <laughs> what I'm talking about is that like you have, it, it got, so you have to figure, ladies and gentlemen, or Teacher other that might be watching. <laughs> you have to figure, the PG, PG went so hardcore in the 80s. That they had to develop a PG thirteen rating, <laughs> just to <laughs> clarify. Again, I bring up. I saw that uh, Brandon Tennell actually has in his uh, his like merch collection T shirts that's PG thirteen. What the fuck happened to this rating? <laughs> you have to figure, Sheena. Queen of the Jungle. She walks out of the river full frontal, and it's rated PG, ladies and gentlemen. Full frontal. We're not talking uh, Return of the Living Dead while she, she was just wearing like a dancer's uh, skin-colored thing from the waist down. Moleskin. No, she was... <laughs> What? That's actually the Mos name of it, moleskin. Oh, moleskin thing on from the waist down to cover things up. No, we're talking frontal, full 
I wish I was not distracted to actually time how long it was, but still, it was long enough to notice. <laughs> I like it spooky. <laughs> it, it, it's like, what's the difference between R and PG from the 80s? Maybe blood and gore? <laughs> you can only say fuck once before you right. are no longer PG-13. That's the <laughs> difference. You get one cuss word. You better make it worthwhile. <laughs> but no, like fifties and like early forties and fifties horror is where it's at. I just I just think it's funny, like looking at Universal trying to recapture their past glory of having shared universes. Cause like the early monster movies crossed over a lot. And I'm not talking yeah, had... about Abbott Costello meet the Wolfman and Frankenstein, even though that was a universal joint, but there still was crossovers. In uh, universal. Yeah, I'm talking. You were, we're, folks. We're talking. Uh, Frankenstein meets Wolfman, or uh, Wolfman meets the. Mu- but they also I did have Costello meet Frankenstein and the Wolfman. Yeah, but I think I also remember it was like Frankenstein, was it Frankenstein and the Mummy, person, and Wolfman, because I think that was the thing. Because yeah, they had it separate. Guys, there was two different movies. Yeah, because if I remember the movie correctly, uh, the guy who played. Wolfman wanted to he felt that the only way he could truly uh die is uh Lon Chaney felt that he, he could truly die is that if Frankenstein's monster killed him and or something along those aspects, but he still had monsters whole, never die. Monster good monsters never die. Never die. Uh, they always come back. And that's what I always loved about it. But what I think is so funny is is because, like, here's Universal. Like, many of the movies that you've mentioned or I've mentioned have roots with Universal horror, even though mine's more obscure. Um, Granted, Blob is Paramount. Um, I want to say It, the Terror from Beyond Space is RKO. And Them, I, I don't know if that's Universal or not. I'll have to look it up. But um, the the heavy hitters, Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, the Mummy, though Creature from the Black Lagoon, we can't forget Creature. Um, but those were the heavy hitters. They were all universal. They were part of a shared universe. Invisible Man also. Don't right. mean to leave him out. And the sad part of it is, is now like Universal keeps trying to create a dark universe and keeps failing because they, oh, they just keep screwing yeah. it up. They they screwed it up. Well, first you had the Wolfman remake that they did, I want to say around like 2010 or something like that. And it was an okay movie. Benicio Del Toro did a great job, but it was no Lon Chaney. Um, Then you had Dracula Retold. Awful, awful, awful. Uh, And then recently you had that Mummy remake with um, Tom Cruise. Little Tom short Cruise. guy, it's a Scientologist. Tom Cruise. Tom, had Cruise. Tom Cruise in it. And the only thing that ever hit so far has been Invisible Man. And they're still kicking around, well, how do we get this to make further Dark Universe movies? And I'm kind of like, you know, you need to go back to what you did in the 40s. Just fucking have fun with it. Stop with right. the continuity. Let the script writers figure out how both of these things are going to come at each other. And worry about it from there. Do not turn this into League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That was awful. If you want to have fun with it, 
make it the mummy with Brendan Fraser. I will say this. I, I'm sure you can agree. Uh, Monster Squad was very enjoyable. Yes. Very enjoyable. Monster it's going to be Squad remake. I do not want that. I, a lot of folks are, I'll agree with you. I don't want to see a remake because it's going to mess up. They're going to probably mess it up some way. It's going to be hard to do it the way they can't. They did it back then. Um, I like how he did it, how everybody, kind of, even the father kind of turned himself around. He was supportive. You can, if they kept it a little bit, they, I could almost see the main role of the leader of the group being, instead of it being the older child being a boy and the younger child being a gal, uh, a girl, brother, sister relationship, it being the reverse in a way. They could almost do that and a little bit peppered, but it depends on who, what, when, where, and how. But with the monsters, I think the only weak link would have been Creature. Drop Creature. Well, that's the problem, because they were going to do a Creature movie. There was going to be a Creature remake, um, and initially, believe it or not, they offered it to um, Guillermo del Toro which would have been epic and then they pulled it from them after like dracula untold failed and what was funny because guillermo del toro took what his concept was going to be for the creature and turned it into shape of water with another studio and look at all the friggin' acclaim that movie got right but they what i'm talking about had that for... at universal it's like with the in my headcanon, in regards to um, a Monster Squad remake, the, in regards to the monster ends of the stick, drop creature. He was pretty, for the most part, he was useless. Yeah. Keep the two heavy, keep the two heavy hitters, the muscle, Frankenstein's monster. Wolfman. And, and Wolfman. Keep Dracula, but in regards to the mummy, though it might seem a weak link, you power scale it. A little bit you power scale the mummy use the same similar concept to the tom cruise mummy you make it you make the mummy female a little bit mm. and make her a little bit of a magician that way she, the mummy has a little bit of power scale to her as well that may that way for whatever is lacking without creature you now have the additional threat and you could have a little bit of a love aspect between Dracula and the mummy. Two immortal beings right there in a way. Keeping hmm. each other because, you know, you could have a dynamic there and add a little bit of, it's not just getting to steal the the talisman to rid all good. It's going to keep them even more immortal and even more powerful. Yeah. And so you have that, then you have the whole good dynamic to do what they do. But it's some, it's touchy-feely, and the way things tend to happen nowadays, it would be a bomb fest. It's very rare that you see something that they do. Monster Squad is obscure. It's a classic, and it's obscure. It's not on the level of Battle Angel obscure, but it's obscure. 
And they did, you know, I'll say this, depending on who touches it, Battle Angel, like I said, Battle Angel was a very good film. Yes. You could, like, for example, because Invisible Man did well. It did better than what it should have. Um, and obviously they do have an Invisible Woman planned, which could be interesting. Um, but if they want to build from that, they would have to kind of keep it grounded in realism. Um, you could probably do a Frankenstein story of a monster crafted from undead flesh run amok. Um, it could work if underneath a real realistic scope. Um, Dracula, you could take a completely different take on that. Um, the Mummy is where things get kind of weird. Because a while back before they made Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, it was going to be Clive Barker's The Mummy. Which I think was a missed opportunity. And Universal still owns the right to that script. I think they need to sit down with Mr. Barker and finally unleash Clive Barker's The Mummy. I think that could be fun. Um, if you can find copies of the script online, but imagine Hellraiser meets The Mummy. That could probably toss new life. And if they want to still try that whole aspect of the dark universe thing, it could actually probably breathe new life into it if they do go that route. Yeah, because I think Clive Barker not... is the right person to kind of tap nowadays to kind of do a horror that modern audiences are going to latch on to. So, yeah, that would work, you know? Um Hell, I would say if uh, Crichton was still around, get Crichton to uh, do uh, the Frankenstein remake. Have him write and direct. But, of course, he passed, I want to say, around 2010 or something like that. Because with his science and his medical background, you know, I think he could bring a good, you know, a good What about thing Robin to... Cook? What's that? What about Robin Cook? Robin Cook might... Or the person that helped Guillermo del Toro um, write the strain. I think that was another. That would be another person who could kind of bring some reality to uh, the Frankenstein war. And like I said, depend. Like we said, can agree on. It depends on who's taking it and how they take it. It could breathe new life into a lot of good old stuff. Um, Again, both of us could probably agree when The Mummy was, in essence, remade with Brandon Fraser, it was done very well. And it's, yes, and, it's, and it was well for that time. I don't think the continuation nowadays, would work now. No, even though they ha we had the Easter egg in The Mummy with uh, Tom Cruise with the Book of the Dead. Yeah, but we also had an Easter egg for The Mummy in that horrible, horrible G.I. Joe movie. Right, because Brendan Fraser's character was a descendant of uh, what's his name from the Mummy movies, and it's one of those blink and you'll miss it type things. Uh, it, it do I want to see some stuff like that? But let's, yeah, but it'll never happen because folks at Paramount, Universal, etc. Nobody wants to play together. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to play together, number one. Number two, uh, they want it to be PG because it's strictly, oh, we got to make sure everybody's hat is able to see it. No, bring back the hard R stuff, man. Bring it back. 
I mean, come on, like what, look uh, at look at Hellraiser. Let's just put it that way. Was the Hellraiser remake R? The original was R. I think the remake was too, because it was on Hulu. So if it, if it's R, bring back blood, guts, gore. I'm surprised that they even do rating with streaming. You know, because uh, when it's... Rob Zombie did um, Three from Hell, he purposely did not put that in theaters, except as one of those like events at certain theaters. Um, what's it called where they do like certain events? It's not AMC; it's like... RC that does it. Uh, I know Regal Events does like Regal does go. something like that. It's like Regal Events. Um, but three from hell before it hit anywhere. Rob Zombie was done as an exclusive, as so it could be unrated. And to me, it's like I'm surprised streaming can't be unrated. True. Plus, you have uh, if no streaming place wants to take it, it's a horror movie. I'm sure Shutter would take take it up at least. Yeah, because they're hard centered. Yeah, but Shutter also has a huge hard one for IFC Midnight. If you haven't noticed, but I think they uh, have an exclusive a... first run thing with IFC Midnight. And still, it it's it's an option that's out there. It's like I don't want a universe. Gone of the days. You, you and I came come from a time from where in the eighties and nineties you're. Uh, you were born when? 78. 78. Three, you're three years younger than I am. It. That's the thing. 80s, you had a lot of weird... Yeah, it was slasher-dominated, but you had a lot of weird shit. Yeah. You had stuff like Food of the Gods. You had uh, Witchcraft. Uh, you had... Uh, you had the most epic, and... hardcore Disney movie ever. Black Hole? No. And it's something that even Disney Plus doesn't have up yet. And it kind of pisses me off. It's based on a Rad, uh, Ray Bradbury story. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Bob's a carousel. Yeah. Something wicked I know the, comes. Yeah. I remember that. The whole scene of that where uh, the guy in charge takes the... The hands, and grandfather's hand, the hand. Yeah, that freaked me out as a kid. Like, oh, and that was Disney. Not really freaked me out. Not freaked me out. It just like, ah, uh, what's this movie? Oh, this something wicked. This way it comes. I'm not watching this. I'd rather watch Poltergeist again. But it it was a good movie. Oh, so there there's a debate for you when it comes to Poltergeist. Who really did it? Is it a Tober a Toby Hooper movie or is it Spielberg or is it both? Because there was a huge, uh, and I will kind of say that there was a huge director's like issue back in the day when that movie came out, where a director could only have so many movies out a year. And so a lot of people believe that Spielberg heavily influenced Toby Hooper to make Poltergeist, and that's why it feels like a Spielberg film, because they couldn't have it as a Steven Spielberg movie. He could produce it, but he couldn't direct it. I think there's that aspect of, uh, I'll put it like this, if you can catch the reference. There was a Beyond the Th Thunderdome aspect to it, meaning there were two directors, two separate writers or two separate directors on Beyond the Th Thunderdome. If you pay close, this is what was brought to me, uh, 
to my attention. Because you had those two people working against each other, you could tell which scenes were done by one particular person and one bunch of scenes that were done by the other type of person, the other right, person. But like when so you watch you, Hooper and, stuff, and like Hooper stuff is weird. Like look at and the with, difference between when TCM you watch, and the second one. When you watch Poltergeist, you could tell when uh, Spielberg had his control. It's all family friendly, family friendly, family. Light, and all of a sudden, when Toby had control yep. things, it went h- hardcore. It, was, it wasn't just we're easing into the spooky. No, it's we're slipping this into from four gears. We're slipping into straight to sets. So you think it so, was both, and it was just it might have been a conflict. little bit of both. That and yet it was done so seamlessly it's kind of hard to tell exactly it's one of those optical illusions that uh like if you went on facebook and see that is the subway going to you or away from you well, and depending on like how shirt, we both know that spielberg can do horror horror and he did duel duel is an awesome movie about a killer truck we never really see the truck driver and it's 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 great. Have you watched Duel? Yes, yes, long time ago, but I've seen it. it. It it's one of those weird psychological horror things that you don't see. Well, you kind of do, but not on that level. So I was speaking of Jaws. I was watching a documentary recently on um, the shark attacks that happened in Jersey. I want to say around like 1916, 1912, that heavily influenced Jaws. Um, where it's still believed to this day that the killer shark that was eating all these kids that were swimming around the river was a great white. And it's it's beyond, I don't want to say cool, but it's beyond terrifying because here you are not living too far away from the ocean, but you think you're safe because you're in a river that's freshwater. And like at the time, a lot of people didn't know that sharks can swim upstream at least within two or three miles of the ocean, because there's enough salinity in the water to keep them alive. And yeah, like tons and tons of kids were just destroyed by this shark that was just seeking out anybody in that river system. And Jaws took a lot of inspiration from that. It, it, now that, if you want to remake Jaws, make that into a movie. Something that a shark attacking fresh water. Yeah. Uh, in fresh water. Yeah, but not the movie shark night that deals with like the hurricane that flushes a bunch of sharks into a freshwater area. That movie was horrible. Uh, they'll probably do something along the lines. Oh, it's happening in Brazil on the Nile. Nah, screw that. No, you know, have it in a big pop. Hell set it right back in New Jersey where the actual shit happened. Right. Or give me some of them acid washed bridge and tunnel trolls. I'm all about it. <laughs> Something like that. You can have Jersey Goyles running into the water. We're going to get skinny dippings. <laughs> uh, then I want to see the whole aspect of them, like somebody saying, it's like, but, or from the like New York side of things, who died? Uh, Tommy so and so. Oh, it looks like he's from Jersey. Nobody's going to care about him. Just walk out. <laughs> it's it's happening in Jersey. Ways. It's just, uh, 
Why are you from some New Yorker? We'll look into it. See, and, and that's the thing that I don't understand with Universal. Like, I get that their history has some rich horror, but where has the disconnect come from? I mean, I, I get it. I don't want to get the comic book movies, but I think comic book movies kind of ruined any other kind of dark universes out there. Um, well, it's not just the comic book movies. Um, comic book movies is the comic book movie aspect is the elephant in the room. It's the biggest tumor, depending on. Right. I know some of you out there. It's it's not a tumor, but um, but it's, it's a connected biggest, universe with several it's different series. It's and movies. It. When it this whole thing. Say it was part of the whole. If it wasn't for movies like uh, Twilight, Harry Potter, or the Rings, and like that, that made franchises big, and therefore, when you had movies starting like not just Hulk, but you had Iron Man, Thor starting to be big, hey let's connect this shit together and right. see what happens. Right. And it just... Here's my take on it. Going back to 80s horror. Because believe it or not, there was a shared universe that was kind of going on under everybody's nose and didn't realize it. And it hit more than one movie. Um, for example, um, Evil Dead and the original Nightmare on Elm Street. They share elements with each other. Um, if you watch, uh, basically, Nightmare on Elm Street, one of the movies playing in the background in Nancy's bedroom is Evil Dead. However, if you watch Evil Dead 2 and you pay attention to the shed door and in the basement, or the root cellar, as it's appropriately right. called, you'll see Freddy's glove. You'll see a, a Hills Have Eyes movie poster. I think the Hills Have Eyes movie poster pops up in the first Evil Dead, if I'm not mistaken. And the second one shows Freddy's glove. Uh, then you had the Book of the Dead, you know, in, of course, uh, uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Jason, right. The, though it was kind of confirmed in the comics in regards to that. Um, yeah, so after the was like, well, the first, you can't really. But it was directors having number. fun with each other. Yeah, and that's like, number one. It's like. You can't really put everything together because the first one was the first Evil Dead was shown in Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, but though you may be correct, they even uh, Bruce Campbell has said because the second one, the reason why it comes off so much though similar than the first but different is because it took place not in the same studio in the same studio it's a, a different studio and yeah. because neither studio different wanted universe. to play nice to each other so they had to do redo the whole thing from scratch that's why the intro for armory of darkness looks a little bit different than what two showed you yeah. had to get people caught up but still you didn't show whole too much thing. of the original copyrighted right. material but so therefore, this second Evil Dead could be in the same universe as Fre Freddy and Jason. And but because the thing of it is, is, is that it all started as in jokes between directors, right. like hints, winks, and nods. And with the right writers and people out there, and let me emphasize this: just having fun. And I hate to say it, fuck a franchise. Have fun. 
we can play Mary Hob with the canosity later on. And I think that is what will make it very, very interesting. Like, just let writers play and have fun. Now, that's why I also would have loved to see in Jason versus uh, Freddy versus Jason. Instead of the whole ending of Freddy looking at the camera and winking, I would have preferred one of the other endings that they had planned out, which I'm sure you know, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, for the folks that might not know, the Freddy vs. Jason was a New Line cinema film. Who owns New Line? Uh, what other franchise do they own from New Line? The Hellraiser franchise. Yeah, because there was going to be Hellraiser one of the ending, eventually. And what they wanted to do is one of the endings, instead of Jason carrying the head of Freddy and Freddy winking, it was them returning both in hell to continue the fight and you see two chains wrap around each preventing both getting close to each other and it would have been probably Doug Bradley at that time come out of the shadows and say boys, boys, boys play nice probably well, initially there was I would also have the fans would have went ecstatic static, yeah I would but have loved like... to see that the Halloween franchise was initially going to cross over with Hellraiser at some point. And I'm just like, that just seems weird, but okay, sign me up. Mm-hmm. And even Child's Play was supposed to cross over with Halloween at some point, which even also kind of makes me go, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Halloween and Hellraiser, I don't see it. Hellraiser, not Halloween and um, Hellraiser, not so much, but Hellra- uh, Halloween and Child's play seems a little bit more plausible in a way. Therefore, that's why I think like in Freddy and Jason aspects, Hellraiser seems more plausible than But I think having, it, you know it comes down to and, and it, it, they need to stop making movies for money. Get a good right. script from a bunch of writers who are having a shit ton of fun figuring out this bullshit. And make the movie. I think if Universal that, that's what did made that, half the, that's what made half the uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies. It was just plain, you know, balls to the wall. Fuck this shit. It was made on the cheap. It was cheese, and the fans won. The out. fans won, and that's why half the horror movies in the eighties into the early nineties were cheese. You had Roger Corman was a thing. Those movies were. Cheese out the ass, and I can tell you now, and I I would almost guarantee if like someone from Universal went down or uh, over to England and said, Hey, Clive, you take a crack at Frankenstein or take a crack at who do we say he would work on? Clive Barker, the mummy, right? Have him take another pass at the mummy and then get somebody in the medical science to do Frankenstein. And then Dracula, that's where it gets interesting. And just tell these people, here's the property, have fun with it. And then come back to us and then we'll figure it out. And then just kind of wink and nod at them. We want to interconnect these eventually so we can have crossover films, but have fun. Or if you want, tell them, like, tell, uh, we said Clive Barker for Mummy, right? Yeah. When they, have that done first 
have the mummy done first with Clive Barker, then have the Frankenstein like if uh, someone does it, you know, similar to how the mummy was done in the Brandon Fraser, and Clive Barker just horrifies it up to the level twelve, which he he can do. I'm sure of it. Then and when they do Frankenstein, you get that person with the medical knowledge. You put in ties. Well, there's this guy, and that's how you make reference using mystical arts and uh, bring a mummy back with a ritual. Mm-hmm. And maybe we could harness that some same time, but with science. How and or getting that book and bring. I see, and I think that's the other thing that like Universal has a hard time with. They keep bringing the properties back into modern day. And honestly, if you keep it in the 30s and the 40s, I think it would work better. Because think, like, about, uh, like, think about Frankenstein, for example. I mean, hell, look at Frankenstein's army. Because that's set during World War II with a, a descendant of Frankenstein making soldiers for the Fuhrer, you know? <laughs> Or, or, or in essence, even though it's kind, even though it 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 isn't, it is. Look at Victor with uh, yeah, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. It, it's a I don't know. It might have been because they have tried various attempts to get a dark universe to happen, and it's so funny because there's like some of them they'll scribble off going, no, 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 that didn't count. Like for the longest time, they didn't want to talk you, about. I, I'm kind of agreeing with you. You have it. It takes place. In that same time as the original, yeah, aspect. Even I'm not talking about I Frankenstein. Like, even though it's a decent movie, but still, right. But just you get have to it sell take up place something in the same time frame, like the 30s and the 40s, or you know, or something, or, where you or might have run somebody... that, where you could even pawn it off as a quasi. I won't say a quasi sequel, but like in the book. Victor Frankenstein dot in essence dies. Yeah. The aspect of the creature is unknown. Have somebody find Victor's notes. The the story. Go like maybe we, we there is a way to recreate this and go from there. It, it's just you have to have that right creator, right writer to work on it. It's different and unique. Yeah, and you have to have I don't. I don't mean bring a level of camp, but you have to have that right person writing it. If you yeah. have that right team, all of the monster movies at the end of the day, at least from Universal, have one unifying chain: um, the Wolfman, the separation of beast and man, the creature, which is kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the bunch. No offense to you, of course, but um, not taken. But the creature is about the origins of man. Here is this kind of like peak between man and fish. No, we're not talking about, you know, certain rappers who who you know would like to have sex with fish. We'll get into that some <laughs> other time. But we're talking about that apex of when man kind of came to be, like the the missing link between fish and man. Right. Um with Frankenstein, understanding life itself, with the mummy, life after death, with Dracula, immortality and the price of it. But it all deals with 
what it means to be human. Because even the creature, to a degree, they try to make him more human as the movies progress, and they find that they can't. And the stories do have kind of like a unifying theme to them. And I think if they wanted to make a dark series, that's how you would do it. You would uh, find you have that to figure as well. Universal uh, uh, with between Dracula and Frankenstein, it's though it's two different ways of overcoming death. Yes. In a way. You have immortality, uh, and then immortality. you bringing the dead back. Dead back. And the mummy is kind of the same way, with bringing the dead back. Just different elements. One is w- with science. Uh, one is with mi- probably with mummy mystic arts. Um, I'm not sure how vampire well, Wolfman is, is just it. the whole man beast thing, and thing. creature is the same thing too. You know what? Yeah. What was our origins essentially? And I think if they kind of kept to that unifying theme and told stories like that, and then linked those stories somehow, like right now, off the top of my head, I I could see how Wolfman and Creature would be an interesting pairing because you have this conflict between man and beast with Wolfman, and with Creature, you have this animal that appears to be man. And is trying to adapt to man's society, and it's kind of a very similar tale to Wolf. Well, I think it's not just that you're. I think we're overlooking a problem here, and one of the problems is and was, especially with the Mummy movie that came out a couple years ago, is that you have to have a director or a director and a producer that has a a, a spine of steel or balls of steel to put their foot down. Mm-hmm. That means if one, if the student's like, no, we want this. No, fuck you. I'm doing it my way. Sit right. down. Shut up. And if um, <laughs> what the problem, one of the problems with the mummy was, was Tom Cruise. He has to have pretty much, I want to be a 95 percent of it. I want to completely control. You do that shit, you're gone. You're going to yep. listen to me. But you, I don't, fuck you. Sit down. You're not the general here. I am. But think about like with like the actors that were in the original Universal movies, they weren't names until after those movies. Right. So try to find yeah. unknowns and up new up and comers. Exactly. They don't have an a that don't have that ego yet. Get somebody from like small screen or stage hell. That's where half the original actors came from. They were right. stage actors. You know, there is still a healthy stage life out there. Grab them people while they're fresh. Let people cut new teeth. And then use all of your money in special effects and all that great stuff. But still, I I mean, the the classics could be done again, and there could be a shared universe. It's like universal. Stop thinking about making money because they sound like the underpants gnomes from uh, South Park. Steel underpants, uh, massive profit. <laughs> and instead of let's remake everything, no. Well, you would have to remake it, but don't do stuff that's from like five years ago, ten years ago, or something like that. Just go back. If you have to do something, do what a lot of folks have forgotten. Yeah, they live them again. What they them. A lot many people would remember they them. They're remaking much. them. They're, they're remaking it. Uh, though I might whine, bitch, complain. Why not? 
you know, it's from the 50s. It's that far gone, but still, I'll be like, it's a cult classic. I'm going to still watch the original, but still, I understand it. Um, Just don't make it like Eight Legged Freaks. That's all I ask. No. Please please don't. One of the other movies I like to watch, I'll probably watch it after this, uh, is When Worlds Collide. Love mm-hmm. that movie. It's a, it's it's old school. Is the science bad? Probably, um, but I do know. Part of me wants to search again for this. There's a sequel. Hear me out. It, it wasn't made up to TV. It wasn't made for film. It was only in book form. Hmm. You could find it on eBay, but the book is fifty bucks for a paperback that was yeah. like fifty years off. I'm not paying fifty bucks. Just to read the continuation, and there's no ebook for somebody. Somebody out there, if you have this book, find it, make an ebook. I'll fucking read it. I I will because I want to find out what happens. And it does take up right after the folks land on the new the new Earth, the new planet. So, in regards to that, I remember like. The old grocery store days where you would go into a grocery store and you could find like a dime horror novel on the cheap. And like some of that stuff had some interesting plots. And I'm surprised like a bunch of it didn't get turned into to movies. Um, like one of the ones I picked up, I want to say early 90s, there was a book called Carnivore, not Carnosaur, but Carnivore. And it takes equal parts of the thing and Jurassic Park and makes a book about it. So it deals with these Antarctic explorers who find a dinosaur egg and their research station has been overtaken by this evil corporate entity who has been using it to dump toxic waste out in Antarctica. And so they store the egg that they find in the ice beside the toxic waste and it allows the dinosaur in the egg to grow and it's just this ravenous t-rex and because of the waste it has mutated where it can survive the temperatures and it just goes on a rampage destroying these guys and i'm like i love it how have i ever told you uh that being said i don't think i ever told you about the book i read it's called again it wasn't a dime store aspect it was a dollar general book so soft cover book meaning you could go to dollar general and pick it up for a buck uh, it was on the shelf. I was like, oh, a dollar. You know, I'm picking this shit up. Um, it's It was called Zombie, X-O-M-B-I-E. Basically, the premise is that the zombie apocalypse has already started and focus in, focuses in on this teenage girl. And she's one of the survivors. You find out in the book, she's yes, she's one of the survivors. But in the book, as you're reading, you find out the whole zombie outbreak started with women. Hmm. And it's majority of the women that get infected first. It's not just by bite or anything out. So you find out, well, what makes this particular teenage girl special? Oh, because she's been malnourished her whole life. Her natural aspects that would trigger at 13 let's say 13 mm. uh to make uh a assigned female at birth go into menstruation and the whole ordeal 
didn't happen with her because she was malnourished. And right. as soon as she started, you know, getting the proper nutrition, that's when everything kicked in. Hmm. And how she start, started to turn. And you find out the reason why the women got infected first in regards to it and why women were the um, start of it is because patient a couple zero. of rich, yeah. it was the, the original patient zero was a uh, not assigned female at birth person is because the rich elite wanted to be immortal. And mm -hmm. the only create um, way to keep the zombie infection in check is have a pure person and she wound up to be in essence the queen of the kept in like a tank and control it, it was a weird but interesting story well see the uh, fact that they, would... they took the name zombie kind of upsets me with an x because like that is um a story by a guy i know by the name of james farr and it's about a zombie with a conscience and there's a whole zombie apocalypse and this little girl gets stuck in the middle of it and he's got to get her back to the human settlement before the ravenous zombies decide to fuck her up and he's just having difficulty dealing with the fact that i feel but i can no longer feel because i'm the living impaired and he has like these very meaningful conversations with this little girl and you know because she's complaining about her head hurting and he's like well that's good he was like that means you're still alive and she's like oh do zombies not feel pain and they're like well our bodies don't and you're just like oh you know <laughs> like wow <laughs> and it's so deep and you find out as the story progresses, there's kind of like a very hp lovecraft like other dimension that invaded us that caused the whole zombie outbreak right. and that dirge as what he calls himself which basically means a mournful lyric may have been one of their experiments or may have been a doctor who was experimenting with what was causing this and it's so cool because he runs across uh, a mummy zombie who still has all her faculties because she wasn't of the elite class she was people that was buried alive with all their stuff taken out so she was able to reanimate Plus a dinosaur zombie that had thawed out from basically like a chunk of ice. A glacier or something like that. Yeah, and they all kind of team up to get this little girl where she needs to be. And it's kind of cool when they run across all kinds of stuff. Um, but if you look it up online, it's like uh, xombie.com. Um, James Farr runs that. And it's, yeah, he, he's even had people option him. For movies but he's kind of backed out because he's like they all want to adapt the story differently and he's like i'd rather see a straightforward adaptation of the story versus a bastardized version i know we probably don't have that much time left but please forgive um i know you wanted to do it um probably go into something a little bit more different but uh if you don't mind me because i get a lot of flack on my end from you know me you know my um stance and all that but yeah. you get a lot of uh new list uh, watchers and listeners i got new watchers and listeners and because places like twitter and facebook can be a dumpster fire within itself um and i get it all the damn Do we time. have a loser of the week 
Uh, besides the motherfucker that had seven followers on Twitter and one in the whole aspect of uh, somebody I, I kind of familiar with posted up the old a meme that was over 10 years old. It's the whole aspect of you have a stereotypical nerdy. I don't mean uh, the nerds version of a nerd and talking about the neck beard, acne filled type of yeah. meme lore type deal and you have the hot guy sitting next uh next to it and you have the list of oh uh um he's kind of shy what a fucking weirdo oh he's shy oh he just doesn't you know, uh he doesn't want to talk he must be a weird sicko creep oh he's just he doesn't want to talk oh he's just shy and that whole type of comparison he of, eats his chicken wings the, with gloves the, like eats chicken wings with <laughs> oh he Picked up. I dropped my pen. He picked it up. Ew. He. I dropped my pen. He picked it up. Guess my pen's gonna be inside me later. Sort of thing. And it goes all the way down with like the geek stuff and so forth and so on. And while the ugly guy is all, the response is ew. How dare he? Yet the hot guy is, aw. Yeah. How cute and wonderful. Yeah. And. The atypical was like, oh, it doesn't bathe. And you had this person with seven followers like, yeah, it probably doesn't bathe and doesn't do laundry. And I'm like, you're missing the point of the meme. Yeah. It's a whole aspect of the, the initial aspect is how if you want to go with the standards, a person who is on the left could wash clean, do have daily hygiene, wash their clothes. Just like the guy on the right, they go women go by looks. Yet the women want to you, no matter what they look like, you have to like them. I know it sounds it's that that argument. You'll hear like, oh, uh, you know, you'll hear some extreme women that are extremely overweight. They have to still love me even though I'm look like Freddy Krueger and four hundred pounds. Yet they want somebody that looks like Henry Cavill. You know, it's like, that's wrong. You're saying you want body positively. You look at a, someone that you deem ugly as ill. That's being a hypocrite. Standard, yeah. That's a double standard. And that's what I was telling him, that guy. And he was like, no, they don't. You know, that guy has acne. He probably doesn't use face wash and all this. I'm like, what do you think daily hygiene means? He was I like, look like hell because like, I did my daily hygiene today. Trust me, and, you don't look so pretty all the that's time. A, that's the idiot of the week. But I'm talking about I get flat because of the name of my show. I know you want to do origins and all, all that. No, no, but no, 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 no. Who's giving yeah. you flat? Well, we can do origins next uh, time. No, just not uh, on that. I said every now and again I'll get flat for the name of the show in regards to, oh, are you associated with those folks in California, Columbine? And I tell him, it's like, one, I don't, I'm not in line with those fucking cowards. Yeah. I um, know what they did. They are fuck. Everybody in that situation is a fucking coward. From yeah. Depending on if you want to listen to mainstream media, everybody in that, st- that situation, they were all, I have uh, my own agreement in regards to incels. It's a fucked up term. It'd be like me saying all trans are traps yeah it, but it, no, no, to no. me like it, i'm talking about like but, the, the root of incels like those guys who literally say they're going to go out and kill because they can't get a date um that's that, the general it's, it's definition a, of an incel 
Um, there's the whole aspect. I could be classified as an incel and voluntarily celibate because I don't want to date because the whole extremist right, feminist but you've movement. Never said you but, wanted to go out and kill anybody. So. Right. Um, That's the difference. The the whole aspect is, oh, you're the name of the Lone Coat Mafia. I'm like, tell me where in my and all my episodes exactly. have I condoned what they've done? Did. Exactly. I never did. A lot of folks that I've interviewed, especially you can say, vouch for this. My three rules is no, no hate speech, no derogatory terms, unless it's under heavy context. Yes. Meaning that, again, here on record, if we talked about the aspects of the trans community, and if I'm playing devil's advocate, and what about the terminology traps? It's being... Oh. Is it an offensive term? Yes. But it's for me to have you talk about that term and why it is offensive. It's we're not using it as an I'm not using it as an offensive term. Right. I'm using it as a springboard, as a so we start talking a point to start yeah. a discussion. It's I don't condone what they did. I don't control um, put on that violence and as my rule. Hate speech, derogatory terms, uh, you know, like the N-word or anything like that is not allowed unless yeah. it's under heavy context. heavy context. Second time, drama's not allowed on my show. If there is drama, you talk it up with me first on air, and that way there's a way to show or hear folks saying that, hey, look, they talked it out. They tried to talk it out. Right. Or let me know something happened. And the third rule is have fun, yeah. which you and I do. Yeah. And they don't want to hear that. They're just like, oh, but you're... I'm like, motherfucker, you what? Listen, you're here's a photo a of a person Cassie. that only has seven followers. Now, I'm not talking about this person. I've had folks, you know, wander up, you know, on uh, Instagram and message me on Instagram with a couple hundred or a couple thousand followers pose that question. And it's like, well, you have somebody like Loki. Are you going to go against them because they're wearing a long coat? Oh, that's not the point. Yes, it is. You bring up somebody wearing a long coat as a dangerous person. What about Cassiel from uh, uh, Supernatural? Is he a threat? Is uh, Misha Collins a threat because he wore a a long coat on Supernatural for fifteen, like twelve years? Look at all the guys in the westerns that were the hero. Oh, the westerns, and all the westerns, or something. They make a modern western or something like that. Or something that takes place in the West and where a, a duster, duster uh, is technically a long, a long coat. coat. Well, that's not. Yes, it is. You're going by a group of fucktards that decided, hey, we don't want to be bullied anymore. And everybody from classmates on up, if that, if you want to believe, depending on who you talk to, ignored the fact of what they were going through. And didn't tell nobody. Right. It's your case point is valid. It's not that the reason why I chose that name is because depending on your fandom, whether it be westerns, uh, sci-fi, long coats have been in everything from yeah. sci-fi Kevin to Smith horror wears to everything. a long coat every long Jay coat. and Silent Bob movie. And that's the aspect. It's part of pop culture. Number one. Number two. 
the whole aspect of the mafia has been a part of our pop culture as well. Whether it be Breaking, not so much Breaking Bad, but uh, Goodfellas, um, uh, uh, Godfather, uh, the the one oh, HBO thing. Uh, I forgot the name of it. That's one I'm bringing. I'm trying to remember. Sopranos. That's been a part of everything, and there's still today, even though pop culture is considered si- stylish, it's chic. You have folks going to Walmart. They're buying shirts like this. They, they they think Jaws is a brand. They don't know it's a movie from the 80s. Folks, uh, you know, you have that stereotype. Oh, I was wearing my Nirvana shirt. They had, somebody came up to me and asked me to name three albums. Yeah, that's because a lot of times, a lot of folks that are buying that shirt, yeah, you might be a fan, but how many folks have said, it's a band shirt? Oh, I thought it was the name of the brand. That's the point. And you have folks still that are fans of horror, like you and I, fans of sci-fi, fans of uh, Marvel movies, that they are shunned because they are fans. Oh, you play D&D. Oh, sicko, weirdo, freak. And that's why part of my mono, mono, if you listen, folks at home, if you listen to my show, you hear uh, Rest His Soul, the guy that did the the voice for our intros and our intros, outros and all that he says welcome to the long coat mafia where we don't treat you uh we treat all geeks as family because we want you to be part of our family we'll we'll right. get your back we'll we will family it's about fan it's about um hopefully i could find uh we'll uh, get a little name? clip going, with uh, vin diesel saying vin that. diesel saying family family uh <laughs> i'll find it just put it all it's about family. Family. It's that aspect. You know, we have uh, that. It's bringing family into us. And why not having a bunch of, you know, our family? It's that. It's, yeah, the it's about the pop culture. The, the we're the house outcasts. We're the, you know, the fun part. We were, we're going to watch the cheesy stuff. We're the ones that are going to go. Here, read this. Ooh, life force. <laughs> you go to watch this. You know, it's oh, what was that? Ooh, life force. <laughs> Ooh, life force. <laughs> I'm going to watch. Don't make me watch that. Uh, <laughs> That's Toby Hooper, uh, isn't it? I I don't know. I think it, it is. I, know, I just know it's Canon Films, man. Canon Films. I think it's Toby. Gotta Hooper. love Canon Films. Uh, <laughs> we go uh, full circle. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, I've but, got a pitch for you regarding these people. Got a pitch. Future show idea. And not to mention, it, it, it's not just, that was just another one of them. You get a screen grab of them. And then the stupid shit that they say, and we will post it to our perspective pages and just put it out there and have them be. Yeah. And I don't know what to call them, but it'd be kind of like back back in the day when I would do the dating fails. Oh we yeah, do that but here's a, here's another thing. Uh, back in the day, when I first started this, um, about three to four months prior, a sh- a podcast I used to li- listen to, it was called. I I said this in my podcast one on one panels that I've done, and I'll probably post that up next week as one of the anniversary episodes. Uh, I used to listen to them for years, and. The podcast was called Slacker and the Man, and the person that one of the main hosts was a former cop. 
And I pitched him. I was like, listen, if I start up my show and you come back, how about we have a little bit of rivalry? A cop versus, you know, the man versus the mob in a way. And yeah. have like a little bit of friendly, you know, rob- scripted, you know, wrestling rivalry type of ordeal where it's all completely fake, but we're having fun with it. You know, play, watch, you know, or do something on Twitch. Like I'd pro- if you were still doing it today, I'd be on Twitch doing uh, playing like Call of Duty World War Two one on one battle with him, you know, trying to go back and forth. That way fans could join in and watch. It'd be that marketing aspect of watch a you know former agent you know former cop go after a mobster you know but all in fun it's that it was that mindset of i if he comes back or if he continues we have that thing and i and every now and again i'll see his posts like ah, i do want to kind of record again you know i miss it i'm like how much is it going to take to you to come back on my show? Come on, come on, come on. How much? Right. So, And so, like, yeah, like, seriously, screen grab them people. From here on out, just screen grab them. We will put them on the show. We will say, here's what this dumbass said. Let's explain why it's stupid. Let's laugh at them together. Right. So. Because trust me, I'm sorry. I could, I could grab some stuff from my DMs that you and I could spend hours laughing at. Hey, we could do a uh, one of these days. We could do a uh, viewer email or viewer DM special or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so oh, whenever I... you get whenever you get some stupid shit like that, just save it, set on it, let us know, and then we'll put it out there. Oh, uh, we could probably do something in. I'm. I know. Uh, at least on my end, folks on Sasha's end, and maybe later on my end. Uh, at least I've been promoting it on my end. July 12th is when we'll probably, because of your new schedule, we'll be recording next. Uh, not next, but we'll be one of our scheduled recording. That's my show's anniversary date, our birth date for the show, officially when we officially launched. And it's the last day for deadlines for Miss Blob Fest. So far, I've only got one one, one competitor out there, just one. And, of course, it's somebody sitting so, in front of a camera. What we what Sasha could have uh, planned, she could probably roast me or all that. We'll figure something out. We got over a month to that yep. happen, so. Uh, and I may be off that day because of. Oh, you said July twelfth or June twelfth? July twelfth, July. Okay. Because that's so, only a couple days before blah. It should work. We'll figure it out. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll think of something depending if your schedule is free or something like no, that. No, if no, my not, schedule should be free. I'm just saying it's. Because I'm going to have a lot of content that you can use from Blobfest as well. And um, I'll still post up, like, whatever you hand over to me, I could always post up somewhere. It's extra stuff on my my end. And it's like, I know you gave me permission. It's like, that extra stuff helps my channel. I know you have your own channel. It just helps my stuff gain traction and all that fun shit, yeah, too. Yeah. So. Content, putting stuff out there. But yeah, next time you get more dumbasses, I, I I want them. Give them to me. <laughs> Give them to me. Give them to me. Give them to me. But uh, yes, you have been listening, of course, to the podcast of Darkness. I, again, am Sasha Constantine Monroe, a.k.a. Sasha the Princess of Darkness. Horror hostess, demonologist, 
just big fat nerd. And then of course, <laughs> me here, I've got the Martinsburg Madman, Christopher Lumser. And hopefully you'd be, what, the Blobfest Princess or whatever it's called? I, it, it, uh, mix Blobfest. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I mean, I've only got one competitor so far. If it stays that way, that'll be great. But I don't know. It, it feels like everybody's waiting to the last minute to drop their entries so they can see what everybody else did beforehand. But me, I went out and did a full-fledged commercial. I even got my buddy... Um, you know, one of my friends to do a voiceover for the commercial, and I'm quite sure you've already seen it, and it, it's a hilarious reading, and I, I'm i enjoying it for what it is, and like anybody else I've seen in the past as competitors, it's just them in front of a static camera talking. This new girl that posted, I want to say yesterday, at least she has some comedy to it, and some interesting cuts, and some unique stylistic camera choices, but it's still somebody sitting in front of a camera. It's like, tell me a story. Give me something. Let me chew on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Challenge yeah, me. But folks at home, just to let you know, on the, I'm sure Sasha might put, post up uh, the general Linktree link or whatever to... Uh, do you have the Linktree link? For... My show? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll get yeah, all that um, handled on the back um, end. It's all over uh, on fans, so... If you guys want to uh, check out, I've been... For the past um, couple of weeks, I've been posting up anniversary episodes, at least two a week. I dropped one today because the Sasha schedule has changed. So if you want to get caught up on some of our past episodes in regards to how cringeworthy they were, uh, I dropped a what I called a beta episode last week. Beta. Uh, in regards – well, when I – you know, it was for – at the time, I – Apple Podcast slash iTunes, you had to have something before you could apply. And it was just me trying to yeah. work out the kinks and, you know, put up a skeleton. Um, no, I didn't spend a half hour going, fuck, 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 mother, mother, fuck. Now, it was just me doing like quick deep, deep dives, reading creepy pastas and, you know, like quick interviews with, you know, a friend or something like that just to get started. And I just like, this is how cringy worthy I was when I first was building the skeleton of the show. Here's the, and I posted up, um, I think the second episode was our second anniversary episode was our first postful. And it was the origin of I'm a gamer and I'm wearing a bikini. So you hear, you hear that whole aspect. So, and you hear like the, how cringeworthy and how at that time I wanted to be, you have to figure back in 2015, you had this, even though it's there today, it was much more of a bigger wave back then. It's that whole mm -hmm. anti, as I said in the anniversary episode, um, a wave of anti, I mean, severe anti-woke stuff. I mean, Anna Sarkeesian would come out bashing a game. You have like 15 videos coming out trying to debunk what she said and why she's wrong. Uh, that's, what, that's what I was trying to mimic at that time in a way. Why, why is this a thing? I still kind of do it today with you and all that. You do it with me uh, where, where this is wrong, how it's wrong, how it's right, what two, both sides are. And that's why I'm happy to have your pushback on this because while we have that agreement, sometimes we both have two kind of opposing views and you're the, we still learn person from each that, other. And that's yeah. what the important thing is. Yeah. And I won't come in, you know, 
arguments blazing unless I have like I saw what you said. I have notes, goddammit. <laughs> Tons of notes. Notes. But anyways, you know, make sure anyway. you're checking out his backlog, you know, and yeah, we'll all the links, the links are up. in the link tree. Uh all the links still in the link tree. Um uh, the go at least the GoFundMe me there. If you can't I know financial time times are tough right now for a lot of folks financially. If liking, sharing, listening, watching uh, and subscribing helps a lot. So if you can't help financially, helping by at least watching, sharing, and subscribing helps more than more than you know. Exactly. So, yeah, it helps beat the al- algorithm. Algorithm, the algorithm. Algorithm. Uh, we will bring you a but, sacrifice. <laughs> but you know, but, check out his stuff. You know, continue watching stuff on here. Um, beware guys in blue gloves eating chicken wings because they're just strange. And I'm still, I'm still a gamer and I'm wearing a bikini. Prove me wrong. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the show. <laughs> that's the show. All right. Let me kill this. Hold on. I'm just going to stop the record. Listening to the Long Coat Mafia. Capish. 
Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this main episode that we put out for you. Uh, even though that the video of this is currently on Sasha's OnlyFans, stay tuned to our YouTube channel for our clips. And hopefully by next week, the video version of this episode will be on our YouTube channel. Links are in the description for that. So again, we hope you hit the subscribe button there as well as wherever you're listening to this episode. So also stay tuned for one more episode anniversary episode for this week. And next week we'll kind of follow the same kind of pattern with a anniversary episode, main episode, then another anniversary episode. So stay tuned for that. You never know what you're going to hear on these main episodes and you never know what I'm going to exactly put out for an anniversary episode up until our anniversary date or birth date for this show on July 12th this year. So y'all stay tuned. Take care. As stated in the main episode, I'm a gamer. I'm wearing a bikini and I'm out of here. You've been listening to the Long Coat Mafia Podcast, the internet's most hated and mafia-themed geek podcast. It's a Long Coat Mafia Podcast! You screwed it up. Ah!